You're listening to the Misty Creek Community Church Podcast. To learn more about Misty Creek Community Church, visit our website at mistycreekchurch.org. Today's message is from Senior Pastor Stephen Street. Our God has never failed us. He's always faithful. Speaking of moving mountains, this morning a group of us felt like we were moving a mountain as we hiked around 5.30 this morning up up Stone Mountain to the top. If you've never hiked that, it's quite a hike. It's a gorgeous hike to go and to see the, the sunrise. And as we hiked together and, and we fellowshiped, we, we did this hike to, to celebrate and honor and remember the life of Hallie Grace Scott. And as I was watching that sunrise and I was, I was with my wife and other friends, I was reminded that, you know, we have loved ones that, that go on before us, but yet they really never leave us. They're always with us, and they, they live through us. And I was, I was watching Valerie and Steve Scott, Hallie's parents, and Hallie's brother, Will, and I could see her in them. I could see her speaking through them and moving through them and, and, and acting through them up there on that mountain as we were just in awe of, of God's glory. And there was a rainbow there. Can you believe that? There was a rainbow. It just was perfect. And we knew right then and there that Hallie was with us. That's the gift of life that God has given us. And yet so many of us, we, we go around, we whine and we complain and we're, we're anxious. Aren't you tired of being anxious? Don't you wish anxiety would just go away? But it's, it's all around us all the time. We're surrounded by anxiety, just the normal hassles of daily living can even be anxious. Just getting out of the bed in the morning and fixing breakfast and all the responsibilities you have at home right now during this shelter in place, there's anxiety. We live in a world that's just consumed with it. But just for a moment today, well, more than a moment, probably about an hour or so, as I was hiking up and praying and reflecting and listening to a beautiful song that Doug wrote for Hallie, beautiful song. And as we hike back down, I didn't feel anxious. I felt the peace of God that passes all understanding. And that's what I want to share with you today. But I know that being isolated from family and friends right now, not being able to go on vacation or travel, you're anxious about that. And anxiety can steal our ability to enjoy our friends and family and life in general. It can even contribute to health concerns like high blood pressure and and heart attacks and stomach issues and even panic attacks and depression and worry, which believe it or not, we're going to deal with worry next week and then depression the next week. So you're probably going to want to join us for all of those because you probably have all of them. Think about it. I'm fearful. I've got anxiety. I've got depression. I'm sad. You know, a whole gamut of things, of emotions. And we're going to help you get through those by looking at God's word to ground us in the way he intends for us to live life. So thinking about that, we know that we deal with all kinds of challenges in life today, conflicts and stressful situations, but we don't have to let them produce anxiety in our lives. You know, when we, when we share our weaknesses and our anxiety and our sadness with others, do you know they lose their strength? Really, think about your weakness. When you share that weakness, your, your wilderness or, or what's holding you back, when you share that with someone, it loses its power over you because you're letting it out and you're sharing it with someone. Think about sharing that weakness or that disparity with God Almighty. 
and casting your cares upon him, how that weakness, that anxiety becomes weaker and weaker. I want you to try to do that, to hold on just for a few moments. You'll get an opportunity to do that in a minute. Whatever the cause or source of your anxiety, it serves no good purpose. Did you hear that? If I was watching this morning in my living room or my she shed, I don't have one, but if I had one, or man cave, I don't have one of those either, but if I had one, I would probably write some of this stuff down because you know what? For me, when I watch a sermon or listen to a sermon, I want to be able to apply that, especially God's word. I want to be able to take that with me and share that with somebody else. I want that to be a way that my life is transformed, but also be able to transform, by, transform someone else's life too when they hear the word of God applied. Does that make sense? So let me say that again to you. Whatever the cause or source, anxiety serves no good purpose. Life is too short to allow anxiety to steal the joy of living a peaceful, productive, and fulfilled life. You know, God provides the key to combating anxiety. Do you want to hear it? You just heard it, if you, or you just heard it read, or you read it yourself. When Paul is speaking to the church at Philippi in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7, here's what he says. Here's how you combat anxiety. Do not be anxious about anything. Voila. Do not be anxious about anything. That's what he says. But he says this, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. There you go. And listen to this. I love it. And the peace of God, which transcends, I love the translation, passes all understanding will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. <laughs> that pretty much sums it up, doesn't it? Prayer with thanksgiving produces peace. I'd write that down too. Prayer with thanksgiving produces peace. If we were fancy, I'd put that up on here for you, but I'm not going to do that. You can write it down, and you'll remember it that way. And not just any peace, but supernatural peace that comes from God and surpasses all human understanding. I mean, isn't that good news? Really? So, Stephen, if I go to the Lord with thanksgiving and praise... He's going to grant me peace. Voila. Yes, he'll give you peace to overcome that anxiety in your life. Even Jesus said it in John chapter 14, verse 27. Stop allowing yourself to be anxious and disturbed. Jesus says that. He says, stop allowing yourself to be anxious and disturbed and do not permit yourself to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. So what that says to me, anytime I'm feeling anxious or disturbed, I'm going to go around and I'm going to say, Lord, I will not be anxious. Lord, I will not be disturbed. Lord, in your name, I rebuke fear, fear and being intimidated and being a coward. Lord, I will not be unsettled any longer. Do it and see what happens. So based on this passage, Jesus must be telling us that living it's possible to live an anxiety-free life. That's what he's really saying. He's telling us we can live an anxiety-free life. And it's based on a choice. You can choose to live an anxiety-free life or not. It's your choice. You can choose to rise above anxiety or you can choose to give in to it and slowly have that posture of, oh, woe is me. Is that the way you want to look? I hope not. I'm sure you don't want to see that right now as you're watching this. Stephen, stop. But that's what it seems like sometimes when we make that choice to give in to anxiety. But I would ask you to put your trust in God and refuse to be discouraged and agitated anymore. 
Count your blessings. Put your confidence in him for he loves you and he cares for you and he believes in you like nobody's business. He really does believe in you. The beginning of anxiety is the end of faith and the beginning of true faith is the end of anxiety. Maybe you want to hear that again. The beginning of anxiety is the end of faith and the beginning of true faith is the end of anxiety. I will be anxious no more. God's word tells me do not be anxious about anything. There you have it. You know something, though? How we respond to someone can also bring anxiety. Today, you commonly hear young folks, when they may be in a compromising situation, say the word awkward. You ever heard them say that? Awkward. Have you ever been in an awkward situation? Think about it. Talk about it right now. Whoever you're with, you know, have you been in an awkward situation? When's the last time you said awkward? You know what I'm saying? probably a bunch of situations you've been in when you've said that. And words can be awkward. What do you say to someone who's just lost a loved one? You know, you're making your way up in the receiving line at the funeral home or at the church, and the only words that come to mind are, I'm sorry for your loss. Knowing they've heard that line dozens of times, but that's all you can think of to say. And there's nothing wrong with that. But really, that's what most people say. How do you respond when your significant other says, I don't love you anymore, or I want a divorce? How do you respond when you're dating someone and you think it's serious, maybe marriage is on the horizon, and they say, let's just be friends? Oh, no. Are you kidding? All this time and money and effort in this relationship, and you're telling me, let's just be friends. Oh, you've heard that one too, haven't you? Or I need my space. How do you respond when you hear the word, it's cancer, or there's nothing more we can do? Our cries to God, why and how, our guilt, our shoulda, coulda, woulda. Have you said those things before? I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but we say should all the time. We should all over ourselves, don't we? Shoulda, coulda, woulda. But really, think about it for a moment. When are you speechless when you heard the first time will you marry me congratulations it's a boy you've been accepted to uga or you've been accepted to clemson you got the job what kind of love leaves you speechless you know encountering the grace of god leaves me speechless. I encountered it this morning as I went on that hike. I encountered his grace. I looked at his creation and I said, God, I am humbled. I am honored to be in your presence. And it left me speechless. I saw that rainbow and I saw that sunrise and I thought, couldn't say anything. It left me speechless. As mercy opens our eyes, our words are stolen away and we can't say anything. We're given a breathtaking view of God's grace that words cannot express. If you've never made it to the top of Stone Mountain, you ought to give it a shot. Be in shape before you go. But it's a glorious sight to see God's creation like that. It reminds me of the Stephen Curtis Chapman song, Speechless. Have you ever heard it? It goes like this. I am speechless. I'm astonished and amazed. I am silenced by your wondrous grace. You have saved me. You have raised me from the grave. And I am speechless in your presence now. I'm astounded as I consider how you have shown us the love that leaves us speechless. 
Now, no one can sing it like Stephen Curtis Chapman, but listen to the rest of these words. That kind of love will trade heaven's throne for a cross. To think that you still celebrate for finding just one soul that was lost. To know you rejoice over us, the God of this whole universe rejoices over just one coming to know his son, Jesus Christ. That leaves us speechless. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, sometimes words are not enough. Sometimes we have to see in a more touchable or tangible way. We have to see what's being said or demonstrated or lived out by another. That's having Easter vision, and we're still in the season of Easter, having that vision. You know, our gospel lesson from the 21st chapter of John today is the familiar story wherein Peter and some of the other disciples have returned to fishing after following Jesus. And the, the, the scripture lesson actually tells us how many fish. I think it's interesting. 153 fish. Now, the scriptures don't tell us how many wise men there were. They say three gifts, but they don't say how many wise men. But they say how many fish they catch on this fiction, fishing expedition. 153. And then it says the beloved disciple was there, John. I thought, wait a minute. Jesus put the beloved disciple, John, in charge of taking care of his mother. He must have snuck out to go fishing. I guess. I don't know. But you see what I'm saying here? It was a surprise. And they were out fishing. And then all of a sudden, Jesus shows up. And Jesus had been raised from the dead, and, you know, and all the, the eyewitnesses are, are you know, fleeing and, and, and not in view of anyone. And so the disciples, they flee to Galilee, and they've gone on a fishing expedition. And so the interesting thing is, is that we're told before that fishing expedition, before Jesus was crucified, that Peter... On the dark night of Jesus' betrayal and arrest, he denied Jesus three times. Wow. Think about that. I can imagine that as Peter says no to Jesus three times, denies him three times, that Jesus' heart must break. But look at this story now. We fast forward, and here Jesus is. He always knows what we need. And so he gives Peter the same number of chances to heal this situation. Jesus approached them on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. When they reported they had caught no fish, the carpenter told the fishermen how to fish, and they were very successful. They caught 153. Then came the moment when Jesus asked Peter if he loved them, loved him more than all those things that made up Peter's world. You know what Peter's world was, don't you? Okay, his friends, fishing, and the boat. It sounds like a pretty good life, doesn't it? Friends, fishing, and the boat. And he says, do you love me more than these things? And remember in this story that three times he asked Peter if he loved him. And three times Peter said, of course I love you. And then Jesus says this, then feed my sheep. Sometimes words are not enough. His disciples' actions would speak louder. To have this Easter vision of Jesus is to take care of his sheep. That's why we showed the video. If you watched the video at the very beginning, I invite you to rewind and watch it if you didn't, of how this community responded to a need of people who needed food and provided somewhere between four and 5,000 lunches for people in the Atlanta area. That's what it means to be the hands and feet of Christ. And so let's look at this scripture briefly and let's, let's analyze it for a moment. There appear to be three tasks here, okay? The first is, Jesus says, feed my lambs. The ones most vulnerable, Peter, they come first. Whatever you do, put my lambs first on your to-do list. The children, the widows and the widowers, 
the marginalized, the downtrodden, the outcast, those who need special protection. And then the other task that Jesus gives here is tend my sheep. So we've got feed my lambs. Then he says, tend my sheep. The sheep are the maturing lambs that are learning to steady their legs and move about on their own. Maybe our children or our youth are the sheep. And their curiosity and eagerness cause them to want to get out of the fold a little bit and go in their own way and do their own thing. They want to grow. And with the right guidance, their parents and youth leaders and their teachers They'll continue to grow in the proper direction, but we need to guide them in that direction. And then this last task, this last thing we learn from Jesus talking to Peter, feed my sheep. These are the mature rams. To ensure their survival, their productivity, they will need some guidance, a watchful eye or two, or they will become complacent. Left on their own devices, they may wander off track. All sheep need a shepherd. Sheep tend to keep their heads down. You know what I'm talking about? People can too. Walking and nibbling at the grass with little concern as to direction. A faithful shepherd makes sure that they do not nibble themselves away. If you too love Jesus, how are you feeding his lambs? How are you tending his sheep? Is it all about me, myself, and I? Is this quarantine and shelter in place all about you and your desires? Or are you looking around for the greatest need and how to respond to that need? And you know you can respond to a lot of needs right now other than just your own needs. So think about that, folks. You can speak to a person and show you care for them, but how much more thoughtful to send a card or an email or to write a note to give a gift or to show up with something to eat? Or to buy someone some groceries or, or bring them lunch or dinner or go mow their lawn, surprise them, trim the bushes. You don't even have to tell me you did it. Just do it, but do a good job, okay? Who do you need to know? Who do you need to show what you mean? How you feel and what you're thinking? Who do you need to go to today and tell them how much you care about them? What you're thinking about them? Good thoughts, uplifting thoughts, affirming thoughts. Are you ready to release your fears, your anxieties, and your worries to the Lord? I want you to show him that you're ready to release your fears, your anxieties, and your worries through your posture. I want you to get low to the ground wherever you are. And I'm not going to do it because you won't be able to see me on the camera. But I want you to get low to the ground wherever you are. And wait for the Holy Spirit. You may lift your hands up. You might be watching this and saying, Ooh, that's that, that mystic Crete church, man. They're lifting their hands up. When I lift my hands up, that means I'm fully surrendering to God. I'm saying, here I am, Lord. I did it today. I did it right out there at Stone Mountain at the top. And I lifted my hands up. And I just said, glory be to God. I was speechless. And I asked that Holy Spirit. I said, Holy Spirit, fill me up to overflowing. So I invite you to do that now, to get low to the ground and lift your hands up. Bring nothing to that space but utter surrender and dependence on God. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. Creating this space with God right now creates space for God to set you free. So release that anxiety and that fear that's keeping you from reaching your full potential. Remember, 
Paul said, don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So present them. Lord, here's my anxiety. Here's my inadequacy. Here's my fear. Here's what I'm worrying about. I release it to you. And I thank you for being my God, my Savior, for setting me free, for opening my eyes. And as you thank him right now, in your home, in your car, wherever you are, he's going to give you supernatural peace. I promise you something. He's going to take that anxiety and that fear and that worry that's consuming you. He's going to cast it into the depths of the sea. He's going to give you peace that passes all human understanding. Receive that peace. Soak it into your spirit right now. God, give me that peace. Rain down on me. Oh, Lord, my God, when I an awesome wonder, you're in the wonder of God right now. He's with you. Hallelujah. Surrender and give him. Give him everything that's holding you back. Thanks be to God that we have been set free. For if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me tell you something. If you prayed that prayer today and you surrendered that fear and that anxiety and that worry, you are a new creation in Christ. Everything else, your past failures that have paralyzed you all these years, they're gone now. You're a new creature in Christ, a new creation. The, the old is gone and the new has come. That's 2 Corinthians 5.17. By saying yes to Jesus and no to all that mess, he set you free to be who he created you to be in the first place. Thanks be to God. You are no longer bound by that anxiety. You see, I told you, if you join us, you would hear the word of God and you'd be set free. Thanks be to God. We hope you were inspired by today's message. For more sermons from Misty Creek Community Church, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you like to stream your podcasts. You can also watch videos of our sermons and complete services on the Misty Creek Community Church YouTube channel. And while you're there, be sure to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. For more information about our church, including our mission, location, service times, and more, visit our website at mistycreekchurch.org. God bless you, and thank you for listening.